Welcome to Epic Level Commoners. I'm Ed. I'm Rick. I'm Richard. And we thought we would have this short little episode just to kind of explain the XD20 system that we used in Ashwood Hollow. And uh, the well, Epic XD20 system. We've used it. We've used it in a couple of things that weren't released yet, or you know yeah. that sort of thing. But figured some people had questions about how it worked, so we probably have a conversation about it. It's really simple and really quick. So. Resident expert is Rick on this. Yeah, Rick is definitely the expert on this. I read tens of pages <laughs> on the subject. Um, if you want to buy the book, go to the Slock Mercenary store. It's like, a, it, yeah, it's kind of a weird website, but that's the official place that sells them. If you look for this book on Amazon, you'll only find old copies that they're trying to sell for like $100 plus. So don't do that. But uh, yeah, it's pretty simple. This is the XD20 version. There's a few different versions in the book, but um, mainly this is the XD20 version because I like rolling D20s. Um, the way their system works is that you have three stats. You have tack, uh, which I believe means toughness and constitution. I should have brought the book with me. Psych, which is your you know mental capacities. And then wa. Um, Wa represents like mystical abilities, like if you are a magical user or a psychic or you had extreme luck, you would use Wa as your primary stat. Um, and basically how, the, how the, the basic system works is you have those three stats and you have your hit points, which are your two lowest stats put together, plus 14. And that's your character. Um, How would you go about getting your stats, like, to decide what your wa, psych, tack, tack, psych, and wa? Yeah. Uh, there's a standard array in the book, and it, ah, God, I should have brought it with me. But basically, it's up to your game master. And when you really think about it, if you're using a D20, every increase is a 5% increase. So that's something you have to look out for as a game master. It was something that I kind of did wrong in the third ring. Uh, when it's released, you'll see that. Is I allowed the players to give themselves stat bonuses up to a maximum of plus eight, which is it's pretty big, uh, which made made all their roles really uh, really effective. Yeah, we maxed out pretty quick. So I I personally I think stats max should max out. They should either be like a a one up to maybe a four or five. I wouldn't go any higher than that if I was GMing. And then allow your players to get, you know, sporadic stat increases. Yeah, I feel like any any increase in any of the stats with the system like that is much more significant than, than like, D&D, it's like every two you get a plus one. But in yeah. this one, every one you get is a huge difference. But, yeah, at the same time, in XD20, like, the numbers you're hitting can be totally arbitrary. As part of the system, part of the system that I kind of disagree with is like they're just like as the DM, the GM, you can set whatever DC you want. And like for example, like if one character is a wizard and another person is more of a a, a fighter type, um, trying to decipher an ancient magical language, the fighter would have a, a much higher DC that he would have to hit. Yeah. than the wizard character, because the wizard character can argue that their DC should be easier. Yeah. Which I personally think we should leave to the realm of the stat bonuses. 
you know, so the wizard would have a higher psych, which would give it a, a better role than the fighter. Yeah. Um, well, because I just don't believe in like crippling players or, or, or changing DCs. They kind yeah. of designed the system to be somewhat modular, though, from, from yeah. what you told me, where you can kind of pick and choose what you want to put in and not. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole book just says do whatever the hell you want. Um, they're not um, really strict about it. Um, but how their system works is like if you wanted to do something, you'd roll a d20 and you'd add your appropriate stat, and you would put that against the DC that the, um, that the GM set up, so, and then if you pass that DC, you would basically roll in, you would roll another D20. And that's essentially how effective or catastrophic your success was. Okay. So I, I, it's kind of weird. Like you roll to see if something happens. And if it happens, you roll to see how good it, how, 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 like if you roll a how 20, well the best possible version. Well, that's cool. Cause it want. does take it down from like a 5% to, you know, what 0.25% chance of actually getting anything crazy. Yeah, that is. I never thought of that. That is yeah, interesting. That's because well, because you know, there's the one to roll a twenty. That's a five percent chance. But then to roll two twenties, that's what one in four hundred. You know, so then that that kind of takes it back to what three five used to do with the critical hits. Is that you had to like roll a twenty and then you had to hit a second time. In oh order yeah, for the critical to actually take place. Critical confirmation roll. Yeah, I forgot about three yeah. five was so crunchy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I remember that specifically just because like one of my first games I ever played with you guys, you know, 20 years ago, I rolled a critical and you guys had, you had to spend 10 minutes explaining the whole critical <laughs> confirmation thing. I was like, I rolled a 20 though. Don't I do the thing? Yeah. And you were like, yes, but. <laughs> yeah. A little too crunchy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the things I preferred about XDM when we started. It was just. It seems almost more narrative driven or more uh, however you want to describe what your character is doing. Like you get a couple base attacks and you yeah. don't need to have a psychic attack and this spell yeah. and that spell. It's like you're using your magic to attack. How do you want what kind of flavor do you want to yeah. add on to it? So yeah. it kind of encourages creativity. You don't really have like a spell list so much as you have like a this is the magic you can do, you know. So yeah, you this can, is your realm of possibilities. Yeah. You can flavor it however you want. You don't really have an inventory so much as you have mm-hmm. a you know, list of things, you know. Of, I don't know. You don't really have a list for any sort of inventory. Yeah, it's so not it's just kind of a, crunchy. Yeah. yeah, we did custom inventory items for ours. Yeah, like Flemmy's fishing pole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you could still have specific items, but you don't yeah. have to list out like every bed roll and torch that you have in your back. Water and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's why I like the durability die. Yeah, I really like the durability die. Which I guess did you mention that yet? Not was yet. I? No. no. Um, yeah, because like uh, I like to roll dice, I, and I think players like to roll dice. Like they, they like to roll damage dice, particularly, which doesn't exist in XD twenty in its basic form. So I had to do some modifications for the third ring, and part of that was ha- having like weapons and armor, and I kind of want to have stat blocks to go off of, or at least a general like I, I wanted things to be solid, not so yeah. nebulous. You know, well, we do like it to be loose, but we're still nerds that like to have rules. Yeah. So in terms of creating monsters, I just did, I did a few things. I just um, created a general theme for it, like an idea of like what it's capable of. And then I would give it uh, a DC uh, that like uh, an offensive DC, a defensive DC, hit points, which I actually simplified into hits. So every one to 10 damage was one hit. So if something normally would have a hundred hit points, it's a 10 hit monster. 
So you really don't have to track specific hit points, which makes it really easy. Um, You're literally tracking just hit points. And then, yeah, so if, if somebody wants to affect the mind of the creature, you go off its mental defense DC. And then, um, and then instead of uh, the GM rolling dice, the players roll to defend against narrated attacks. And I, I love this way of doing things because it takes so much of the mental workload off of me as the game master that all I'm doing is just describing things in a cinematic way and the players are rolling all the dice. Like I'm not looking at a big long stat block with layer actions and legendary actions and bonus actions, which is, it, yeah. it can be fun, but if you want to have more than one creature in your combat, that can be almost impossible yeah. and it slows the game down. And my goal as the game master is to trim as much fat off of the game as possible. And when I mean fat, I mean time suck. Like, and that is the one problem that I have with D and D is there's a there's a big time suck when you get into combat, and that's yeah. the part that everybody looks forward to, but like it's the thing that slows everything down. Yeah, especially once you actually get to the point where you're all role playing together cohesively as a group, mm -hmm. and then everything kind of you hit the brakes because you're in a combat that takes did. an hour and a half, but it's only like one minute in game. Yeah, when we did Space Janitors. And we were getting more into the narrative side of it and getting into like being the characters and stuff. I felt more like disconnected with the crunchy side of D and D and like I'd forget about my stats and stuff like that. And I'd start trying to cast spells in a different way too. Yeah. Which is kind of fun to break away from like that traditional system. Yeah. Well I still I me personally, I still like the bones of, you know, I like D and D and all that, but I really like the um the XDM system just for how how loose it can be and how fun it can be to run. And then there are also, um, I don't think you mentioned actually like durability dice no, with that. not yet, no. Because that's, that was another system that I really liked with the XD20 system. So this was a, a variant rule that I, I found in, it's a book that hasn't been released yet. I got it on Kickstarter, but I have the PDF for it. It's called Weird Wastelands by WebDM. It looks really interesting. But um, they use it as like a, they called it a resource die. But essentially the mechanic is like, if you got, you know, you got a, a backpack full of rations and you eat out of it, instead of taking a ration off, you roll a die. So you'll say, okay, I have a D8 worth of rations and you eat and you roll a three. Well, that's fine. A three doesn't do anything. And you ate less than you thought you needed and you 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 still have a good amount of food and you can roll a d8 next time you eat but if you rolled a one or a two then that means that that die gets reduced by one step so you ate enough to re diminish your capacity and now instead of rolling a d8 the next time you eat you roll a d6 well, i just expanded upon this and i simplified it. i took away the one the twos because i feel like the twos I, we did, I did this in the third ring, but I, I changed this subsequently. So essentially, now you have armor. You use this for armor. So when you take damage, let's say you have a D8 armor. You roll your armor die, your D8. Whatever you roll on that, you subtract from the damage you took. And then if you roll a one, then that means your armor has been degraded. And it goes down by one step. So the next time you get hit, you roll a D6 instead of a D8. And then with weapons and uh, damage, I did the same thing, except instead of the die 
imploding and going down by one step, it also has the option of exploding, which is a classic tabletop RPG thing, exploding dice. You roll a die and you roll the maximum, that means you can roll that die again and add that result to your previous roll. So dice can explode to do a whole bunch of damage, but they can also implode when you use a weapon. If you roll a one, that dice will implode, and it's essentially, you know, you hit with your sword, you roll a one, you crack your sword. Now your sword is a little bit more broken. It's closer to being shattered. So using imploding and exploding dice, um, and then just your linear dice progression from D4 all the way up to a D12, uh, it adds a lot of uh, flexibility. You can have, you can use it for inventory. You can use it for item durability. Um, I, I really like it. I thought it was really great for like the the uh, inventory and like we had different like fuel and mm-hmm. you know ammo and all of the different um, steps that resources that instead of tracking one at a time, you could just you know I have these resources and you know I think at one point we even did we had like a what was it, a gadget bag or whatever, yeah. where we could just pull stuff out of the bag and then roll the resource to see if there's more stuff in the bag. Yeah, yeah, it makes uh, uh, just item tracking and durability tracking super easy. You can even use it for vehicles. Yeah. You know, give your vehicle a, a resource die, and then anytime it should take damage or you burn too much fuel, then that could go down. Or you can even create specialized resource dies, like a fuel resource die and a, a body resource die, like I did in um, the third ring. Which I thought was a little much. Um, over, I think simplifying things is probably the best way to go when it comes to uh, game mastering. Yeah. I think for doing an audio cast or anything like that, too, as far as performative-wise with a role-playing game, I felt like XDM kind of had a, a little bit of a lead. Like, doing the editing with XDM versus d and I'll kind of cut out some of the, the real crunchy stuff. I'll try to leave in as many dice rolls as I can because that's like... It the just, point it sounds yeah. so good yeah, that's the whole point of the thing but the 20 minute litigation about you know how many creatures magic missile can hit from how far away <laughs> obviously magic missile can hit any creature from. But well yeah. any creature you have you know line of sight on yeah yeah <laughs> where can you get XDM <laughs> it's called Slock Mercenary Store. How do you spell that? S L O C K. Yeah, let's let's see here. Slock. Yeah, that, I think that's probably the reason that it's so difficult to find. It's like they have a, kind of an odd name. Here, let me. I wrote them an email a few months ago asking if they had. Um, an issue or if there was any if I could basically GM games with their system and then release them without getting sued and they were very cool with that but I was apparently the first person to ever ask that which was pretty cool there it is it's a S-C-H-L-O-C S. It's S C H O L O O L O C K L O C K S C H L O C K Schlock Schlock Yeah, I don't know. Schlock. Huh. But yeah, that's Tracy Hickman, and I believe his son created that. 
system. Nice. It does kind of follow. It's it's kind of like the the cipher system, but then kind of even simplified farther down from that. Yeah. Because I know in the cipher system you have the three um, you have the three stats that kind of roll with it, but it's I don't know. There, it seems to be even simplified down a little farther than that because it's been a while since I did anything with cipher system, but I feel like they even had more. More inventory management stuff than that. And there seemed to be like a list of powers and abilities yeah, that you, yeah. you had to reference to use. Yep. It's kind of a, yeah. So they've heard us play XDM on our, our Christmas or our Halloween special so yeah. far, Ashwood Hollow. Mm-hmm. And the season right now we're playing is Space Janitors. And that's DM by Ed. And that's going to be just traditional Dungeons and Dragons. Fifth edition, yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one that we're going to be doing that we have up on the site is called The Third Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we want to give a pitch on that? Do we want to pitch that? Pitch that, pitch that? <coughs> do we have an idea? Like, do you uh, want to give like, yeah. a general idea what it's about? Yeah, uh, it's a post-apocalyptic. It's my idea of a post-apocalyptic world. Um, really interesting cast of characters. Richard's character kind of goes off the deep end there. It turns into a whole thing, but I, I <laughs> it, it went in some unexpected directions. I, I will yeah. definitely say that. Um, we can do an episode about unmanageable characters or playable characters. Uh, <laughs> sometime yeah. no, in the future. No. <laughs> um, but, but I have, I think, I think the best way to um, pitch the show is to just describe Ed's characters like or, or origin. Like, which <laughs> okay. I think is just brilliant. Okay. Do you, um, want, do you want to go for it? Yeah. So it was it was Tom. What was it? Tom Gingerton, Gingerton. <laughs> right? So Tom Gingerton, before the world ended, had decided to become part of an interplanetary program, so that he got more or less put into suspended animation and shot off towards the nearest habitable planet. And along the way, something happened. He got cu- caught, knocked out of, um, he got knocked out of, knocked out of hypersleep, more or less, ejected and then had to from the ship. ejected from the ship and shot back towards the planet. So for him, he goes, he ends up going back to Earth. But for him, it's been twenty years by himself on a ship. But because of uh, relative time dilation, because of how fast he's going and how far away he is from the planet. When he gets back, it's been 20 years for him, but 200 years on the planet. Yeah, so he arrives on this post-apocalyptic world in in, in Seattle. Um, and he kind of serves as, like, I don't know, the, the, the lens of, like, your normal person. Because he doesn't come back expecting, like, it to be post-apocalyptic. He comes back mm-hmm. expecting it to be the planet that he came from where they're going to be like, Oh crap. You know, like, maybe what even happened? more advanced because it's yeah. 200 years in the future. Yeah, exactly. But it ends up being this post-apocalyptic weird wasteland. Uh, Matt ends up playing a uh, woman called Janet Reno, who uh, is part of a biker gang with access to super soldier serums. <laughs> uh, Wasn't she originally based off of like a Fallout character he made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who was based off of a political <laughs> yeah. figure yeah. from like 10, 15 years ago? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> TJ, char- pl- oh, oh yeah, go for it. My character was a fisherman turned flamingo turned space baby. 
He went on a pretty big arc. All of them died, and all of them survived. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and the fisherman's father. And the fisherman's father, who was also a part of the son. So there's kind of a holy father, son, and the mother ghost. <laughs> yeah, it gets real weird. It gets um, real weird. We have a, an Australian guest towards the end who plays with us for one session, and he, I think he did a really great job. Yeah. Uh, he bas- He just played himself. But like, <laughs> yeah, he was a pretty capable guy. So yeah, like, it worked out. He had a fire axe. So he was touring <laughs> the U.S., just visiting a bunch of friends, and we played the game Squad together online on Steam in a group. And he had the misfortune of stumbling into our basement. He'd never <laughs> played D and D or anything like that before. So we we weirded him out. He had a good time though. He said he'd come back for a second episode. Yeah, huh? we he might not. He was a nice guy. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fun yeah. to get him in on Ashwood Hollow adventure. Like, oh, yeah, that would shot. be really good, yeah. So, I mean, this like, by the way, you're 10 years old. Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is an international game, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and TJ played, uh, like, an immortal body-snatching... Doctor. S- doctor, apparently. Yeah. And then uh, Chris, Chris played a few episodes as a three-armed homicidal mechanic <laughs> who was only after a specific type of carburetor. Chris is our resident murder hobo who yeah. comes in and just... <laughs> yeah. He shows up for like one to four sessions and just kills things and then <laughs> leaves. Raises some hell and dips. <laughs> yeah, that's All right, it. yeah. I think that pretty much covers the whole system. Um, we well, got I mean, a lot of cool stuff coming up. We got the rest of Space Janitors. That's about 19 episodes. We got the third ring. That's going to be about 20 to 25 episodes <laughs> coming out. We have a huge backstock. We do things a little differently around here. Yeah, because we all have full-time jobs and, mm. you know, families. families and shit. We all work out outside or inside under drywall. We're also incredibly handsome and jacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Super all of jacked. us. <laughs> all of us. Every single one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah. yeah, I think we might actually. I was thinking maybe I just. I mean, maybe every week or so, we every couple of weeks, we might just have a little conversation like this and record it and put it into a podcast and throw it yeah. up. Give us likes and stuff and give us money. Put yeah. it under a paper yeah. bag. If and you have an idea of what we should have a short conversation about, just let us, you know, mm-hmm. put a comment or whatever the fuck. Oh, yeah. I'm so interested in discussing pretty much anything RPG, tabletop RPG related, all aspects of lore or game mechanics. Please, please give us suggestions. I will. You're going to be like, Rick, shut the fuck up. <laughs> It, you know, yeah. maybe if it gets going quick enough, we can get some like uh, phone lines in here, like a Discord up that we could ask people questions on. That would be super fun. That would be super fun. I think yeah. we need to like run some Google ads or something if we want actual people to listen to our show. Yeah. Maybe eventually once we get a backlog. You who's listening <laughs> to this right now, go tell three people about it. If you don't know <laughs> us we'll personally and you're listening to this, I love Thank you, you so fucking yeah. much. Thank you. <laughs> I'm suspicious of you. <laughs> I, All right. Just, just email me. And I'll give you a T-shirt. What's your email? <laughs> the limited time only. First person who does it. Free, free <laughs> Epic Level Commoners T-shirt. Where can they reach you at? <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>